Hello and welcome to Community Quest, episode 257. I'm your host, Mike Epps, aka the guy playing all the games Dave hates. With me as always. Still doing the Jamrock Shuffle, David McCarty. And I am Joe Hanley, also Smoking Joe 86, and I'm here to play Diablo with wheels to piss off Dave. Diablos. I don't think that was the objective, it's just a, like, happy accident for wheels. Yeah. Very happy coincidence for all of us. But I'll mostly not be looking at the game, so... It will be brown and green and very boring. Oh, and by the way, you gotta make a ladder character. I did. Okay. Cool. I know, I know how to Diablo, man. Okay. I didn't ladder at all. Where's the cow level? I used to beat the game, I think. Now, I texted you an hour ago to make sure you had it installed and updated. Did you happen to do that? No, but it's Xbox, okay. so it was already updated. Okay. Did you happen to install and update Street Fighter V, Grumble Grumble? <laughs> yes. Good. Uh, yeah, uh, so. Uh, yeah, uh, what have we been playing? Let's just get this show on the fucking road. Yeah, uh, I have been playing... Lots of dot hack. I finished the game. Finished the game. Dot hack volume one. Yeah, the first volume. Which ends on a giant what the fuck, and begins. With... Ends on a real cliffhanger. I'm impressed you sat through that for ten years. Yes. And then it starts up with a extra dose of oh, what the actual fuck. <laughs> um, I would have been spoiling anything about this game. Considering it's uh, I, I've spoiled some of it, I think. Uh, but yeah, a lot of the beginning of the game, I was just like, oh, I, I feel like whoever came up with Sword Art Online played a lot of this game. Or just a lot of that in general, obviously. Yeah, I mean... I don't actually know how, how old Sword Art Online is. It's late ops, I believe. Let's double check. It was started as like a web novel. So uh, written by a man named Reki Kawahara. I finished this what? match, by the way. Okay. Congratulations. Okay. It was. Let's see. Yeah, sort of turns into. It starts as like some sort of web novel of some description in like the early to mid aughts and then becomes a proper light novel with some partial, perhaps heavy rewriting uh, in about 2008. Hang on, you already did the first quest? Yes. Alright, hang on, let me go do the first quest and then I'll rejoin. Uh, yeah. Uh. If you know what Wheels is referring to, then you know uh, that this is not the entire plot of GU Volume 2, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, it's been great so far, finally. I think the last time I stopped off was the first time back in the main OS menu, so I've got a bunch of like forum posts and whatnot to read. Bunch of forum posts, you got a... Tried out the card game, which is kind of terrible, but I'll probably mess around with it anyway. It's mostly like a puzzle game. Like, it's like, what is the thing that gets you the most wins? Because it's playing itself automatically. Yeah. 
It's very strange. It's uh, strange, but oddly timely, considering all the auto battler games there are now. Yeah, no, kind of ahead of its time in that sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, like it's it's one of those things where like its relative quality is kind of immaterial because it's just something that you throw. You, you put like about ten minutes of thought in and then let it do what it will. Yeah. But. Let's see, you probably also got a uh, an email that basically is the game explaining why the combat works different. <laughs> Where it's them being like, yeah, we patched uh, we patched the world so that the attack function differently. It's like a, a balance notes. <laughs> yeah, you get like a balance yeah. balance notes from CC Core. Yeah, I think in general the game feels a lot better in volumes two and three. But, let's see. But yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm enjoying the hell of that. Uh, I'm breaking from um, triangle strategy a little bit. That's, That's a pretty fun brainless sort of game. Yeah. yeah. Seems like that would fit the bill. That was a franchise that was briefly looked like it might become something and then destroyed itself. Yeah. Well, the necromancers are trying to bring it back. They always are, aren't they? Yeah. Main character still sounds extremely like Jack Nicholson. finish off the collection before July when um, Xenosaga comes out. Blade Chronicles comes out, because that's going to be eating up probably most of my time. Oh yeah. I'll be playing Live Alive while you're playing Xenoblade. Yeah. Uh, Joe, what you been playing? Well, um, I can actually talk about RPGs this week. Wow. Um, oh, damn. Yeah, I well, I noticed that the all of the Final Fantasy games have come in, gone from Game Pass, and there was a sale, so I decided to grab 13 and 13-2. They're like 10 bucks each. One of those is good. Yeah, so I've been playing 13 on PC through the Game Pass app, and it's 4K, maxed out settings. It's really a really cool game. I, I don't know, I always Very liked pretty. it. Yeah. So... And that's the thing, like, I didn't have a Super Nintendo or a PS1 growing up, so I didn't play that much of Final Fantasy, so for me it was like, oh, I have a PS3, I can buy this game now, and I had nothing to compare it to, and I thought it was great. So, that's why, I, like, I know a lot of people got pissed off. Yeah. I mean, so. people get pissed off at 
They really do. So yeah, it's one of my favorite role-playing games, and I had done all the post-game content back in the day, so I'm playing that. Um, I got Salt and Sacrifice, which is the same company that did Salt and Sanctuary. It's not really a sequel, though, because it's, it's more of a spiritual successor, I would say. But in some ways, it actually feels like a prequel, because the first game was like Dark Souls mixed with like Castlevania. This feels like Demon Souls. Now, like right at the start of the game, you've got your tutorial boss that you're supposed to die against, right? And then you lose some of your maximum health when you die. It's like, well, that's stupid. Never uh, liked that, yeah. Right, and then they tried to kind of copy the, like, ammo and ranged weapon system from Bloodborne. So, like, now all your ranged weapons share the same ammo and you have a limited amount each time you respawn. Hmm. But ranged weapons do have their own dedicated slot and button now. So it's like, well, that's cool. Yeah, but it's just like, you can't shoot an enemy 15 times with a bow and then 15 more times with a crossbow, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so... And then the healing system in the first game was identical to the Estus Flasks, but in this one it's like, okay, so you have six healing items, but you now have to collect herbs and ore to make more healing items in ammo and it automatically replenishes them you know each time you rest or respawn but you have to have the materials in your inventory so there's all this extra uh, farming you have to do yeah yeah that doesn't seem like it adds anything it seems like it's just different sort of for its own sake yeah and so um then you know the first game was one big open world with all these shrines where you could rest at and you could fast travel mm. this is like demon souls this is you go back to camp, where the blacksmith is, where you can level up, and then you have to use a portal to go to different regions that aren't connected. So it's kind of like, eh, alright. And then the, the other big thing, you now have to hunt mages, and this is where it copies Monster Hunter quite a bit, which I'm not happy about. Um, but basically, you have your unique mages that you have to hunt to progress the story and get further into the world and then you have these other random mages that show up and similar to like monster hunter when you start a hunt it'll the game will kind of direct you to where they are but of course there's no map so there's just stuff on the screen that kind of tells you where they are and you fight them and then they run away and then you fight them some more and they run away and eventually when you they stop and then it's a boss fight and it could be this like fun side game you know but instead, it's it's mandatory, and you have to keep hunting mages to make the better gear, just like in Monster Hunter. But unlike Monster Hunter, you can't specify which type of mage you want to hunt down. So, for instance, you want to get all of the fire-based items. You got to keep wandering around, hoping that pyromancers spawn in, and then you got to chase them around the map and hope they don't despawn. And it's like, really, guys? Like, did you have to do that? So. Sounds like a lot of slightly displeasing changes. Yeah, just a, a whole lot of extra farming and stuff. But ultimately, it is still a satisfying RPG if you know, if you understand how your build works. Like, my first mm -hmm. character I abandoned, and my second character is a mage. And so, 
like so to cast spells it's like you need a staff but it only casts like your spells are determined by which staff you have equipped so a fire staff will only give you fire spells for instance you know but another change they made to to the weapons and stuff though is now when you attack a staff you still have a sword as your main attack and then you can use spells by pressing l2 like and then if you equip a high a high blade it's called you have a main attack and then you can block with l2 so each weapon has like its own unique ability the but there's no shields there's only so far i've only found one type of weapon that gives you a sword and shields so you can block stuff it's like well that's kind of stupid mm -hmm. it's harder to do like a sword and board type build this time around <laughs> so and anyone who wants to check out my streams i yeah that's on smoking joe 86 sm0k1nj0e86 because Early. the norm the normal spelling with actual letters was already taken so there you go that's uh that's what i've been playing fair enough oh, well, actually there was okay. also a uh, king of fighters 15 but i think i talked about that on sunday Okay, go ahead. And me, it's it's more disco. Like it's some more dot heck to you and more disco. disco uh, I uh, just ha haven't had a lot of time to play anything this past week, but when I can, it's those. Uh, plugging away through dot heck to you volume three, and when I have more emotional fortitude. Uh, Continuing with Disco Elysium. Uh, having a good time comparing notes with a friend who my consistent, like, yammering caused him to get back into the game. Uh, had, uh... <laughs> found some good thoughts uh, that are interesting enough uh, to, like, some, some some of the things that are interesting is just that, like, certain thoughts don't just give you, uh, different, like, stat boosts, but some of them will actually change your dialogue options. So, like, uh, thoughts that correspond to you internalizing a political ideology will typically change your, uh, dialogue options or open up new ones. Uh... But also thoughts that, like, <laughs> there's a thought that's just your character getting over being uncomfortable around, about, like, the concept of, like, asking a gay person about their sexuality. Like, that is a thought that you can get by passing a certain check. Beware. Take care. And it's interesting to have that capacity built into both narrative and character development, but it's a very strange thing to have happen. <laughs> There you are. But, yeah, so been enjoying that. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, uh, was just having my character. Like, eventually you do reach points where, like, the, the game is time-based, but you will reach points where you just need time to go by. So I've been having my character try to read over his old case files in his ledger. <laughs> and they range from, like... Uh, a case that's just, you never solved this, it was a 
uh, you just found a person, a dead body with a square bullet hole in their head. You found a, a second dead body with a square bullet hole in its head. And your brain just thinks, one day you will find that man with the square gun. But that's that's all it has. There's there's no further like that's just an in progress case that you have not solved. Uh, two a bunch of assholes kept leaving a couch in your place. You need to <laughs> you had to clean it up. So uh, your character is uh, has been and done a lot. And I don't remember if I've mentioned this on stream before, but I was very amused when I found out what nickname that your character has uh, down at the precinct. Uh, once you pass certain story uh, sequences, you will be alerted that your reputation is the human can opener. Huh. Which is uh, meant to be a reference to your, like, tenacity at prying things out of people. Good times. You do! Yes. Do it. Very good. Do it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, very, very good, very funny, very, uh, continues to be exceptionally well written. Uh, yeah, uh, otherwise, not a lot to mention in terms of what I've been playing. Uh, like, I've played garbage just for fun, but, you know. Uh, oh yeah, that's that's something that, like, we, I usually do that. I'll talk a little about that. Uh, I was uh, just trying to throw on something to, for some friends to watch, like, the streaming that. And uh, when I did, uh, <laughs> I decided to throw on the PlayStation 1 version of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4. Oh, no. I didn't know that existed. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's the last one they put on PlayStation. It's a very late... It, like by, by that point, it's like the tail end of 2002. There is not really much interest in new PlayStation 1 games. Wait, wait, hold on. Hold the phone. Hold the phone for a second. Are you telling me there's the PlayStation 1 version of Tony Hawk 3? Also? Yeah. Holy there's shit. an N64 what? version of Tony Hawk 3. Oh, my God. Wow. The N64 version of Tony Hawk 3 is the last game on that button. Well, I had three uh, and four on GameCube, and I think those were better than the uh, PS2 version. I think the graphics were better. Maybe. Oh yeah, they're, they're slightly better. The uh, the Xbox version is the quote-unquote definitive version of Tony Hawk 3 because it has an extra level, but that extra level kind of sucks. And they yeah. recycled it into Tony Hawk's American Wasteland like three years later. Okay. Four years later. Uh, but yeah. Uh, the but that version came out late. It's weird. Um, oh, there's, there's some very... um, I'm sorry. Anyone who's wondering, um, Vicarious Visions developed the Tony Hawk remakes and Diablo 2 Resurrected, which we're playing right now. Yep, and now they are part of a hell machine. But um... <laughs> well, until the purchase finalizes. I well, I was I was making a joke in part that they had to keep remastering Diablo, but. Uh -huh. Uh, see what you're doing. Right. See what, what you're doing. Here? But yeah, in any case, uh, 
But yeah, there, there's actually some, there's so many weird uh, late 90s, early aughts uh, versions of Tony Hawk that people have completely forgotten about. The first one got ported to the N-Gage, that's incredible. Uh, there is a PS2 exclusion, not PS2, Xbox launch exclusive remaster of Tony Hawk 1 and 2 called Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2X. Uh, that inexplicably orders the career such that it's Tony Hawk 2 and then Tony Hawk 1. You have to finish Tony Hawk 2 to get to Tony Hawk 1. But the progression <laughs> is shared between games. So by the time you get to Tony Hawk 1, there are, one, no new goals in Tony Hawk 1, so it feels very short and weird, but also your character is maxed out, so it doesn't matter. Wow. It's an extremely strange remaster. It's, it's, for the time, it was a very nice version of Tony Hawk 2, but it's it's extremely weird to go look at. Um, there is a Game Boy Color port of Tony Hawk 1 that is basically a collection of mini games. Uh, there's a Game Boy port, Game Boy Color port of Tony Hawk 2 that you've never seen because the only portable Tony Hawk you've ever seen before is the GDA one that was a launch title that was very impressive. Uh, but yeah, like. It, it was it was a franchise that was just on everything, and Vicarious Visions also made Tony Hawk 4 on PS1, and that gets us back to where we started here. Uh, that is not a great version, but given the technical constraints involved, kind of incredible anyway. Uh, because for those who do not recall the progression of this franchise, or perhaps don't recall this franchise at all, I'm sure you remember the name, but you know if you didn't play it first three games were like very arcadey two minute time limit every time you start the like you have a set of mario 64 style uh, objectives that usually involve collecting items or scoring a certain number of points uh but every level had to be a fairly constrained size because it was uh you know a two minute time limit you couldn't actually get very far into you couldn't you couldn't make a level that it was impossible to traverse back and forth several times within two minutes. That just didn't make any sense. Uh, aside from the downhill levels, but no one liked those. Um, but with Tony Hawk 4, they removed the time limit, and all the levels were little mini open world levels. Uh, and the PS1 version keeps that. Uh, it's extraordinarily strange. They've made a ton of sacrifices to try to make them... Uh, work on PS1. All of the pedestrians were completely cut out. There's no, there are no people in any of these levels. Uh, the if you played the old game, the, the PS2 game, you know that the uh, objectives were typically delivered by uh, by pedestrians. But in this, there's just little icons floating around. You touch those icons. I'm convinced this is meant to make it so that the levels uh, can all sort of fit in memory all at once with fewer models it's less likely to destroy it but yeah so that's it, it's it, it feels desolate and if you know the levels inside and out you can see all sorts of little cuts that are made to simplify the level geometry make them a little smaller but they are all recognizably the same levels and it's very impressive work from vicarious visions making them function at all uh there's also, they've, they've made some very cute attempts to try to make it more acceptable that no one, that there are no people in these levels, so a lot of them now take place at night, to imply that the reason you're the only one here is because it's nighttime. Well, that's clever. But, 
Yeah. Uh, they, they also, there are several levels to not make the cut. The zoo level that uh, concludes the main game in the original is not there anymore. Uh, you know, it's, it's very clearly something that I'm fairly convinced uh, that Activision was not sure whether they were going to bother with the PS1 version of 4 and decided that the, ver the PS1 version of 3 sold just well enough that it was worth trying to squeeze out one more. Uh, because the PS1 version of 3 is not is not Vicarious Visions. It was made by a company called Shava Games, who did uh, Grind Session, which was a pretty good, like, different... Like, Tony Hawk influence, but still distinct uh, skateboarding game from the PS1. As well as a bunch of other very good uh, games in that same style, but which were based on sports that no one gave a shit about, like Wakeboarding Unleashed featuring Sean Murray, which is a fantastic little uh, PS2 game, but which I mean, no one cares because it's a wakeboard game. But, uh... Yeah, there's... Uh... You know. And, oh, and then they also made the weirdest... Uh, I think they were party to the weirdest Spider-Man game? Uh, Web of Shadows? Does anyone remember Spider-Man Web of Shadows? Vaguely. Okay, yeah, Shaba was the lead developer on Web of Shadows. Spider-Man Web of Shadows was a 2008 Spider-Man open-world game that was not based off of a movie. It was just it was based it was its own continuity, more comics inspired. Uh, that because it was 2008, it was a Spider-Man game with a morality system uh, that was represented by red suit versus black suit. Do you want to uh, do these crypts or just go straight to Stonyfield? Going back to town. But yeah, it, it was based on Red Suit versus Black Suit. Uh, it had cameos from a bunch of weird Marvel characters, or, or at least at the time. In 2008, these were weird choices. Uh, like, there's cameos from Luke Cage and Moon Knight and other just like, oh, these are kind of the second tier Marvel characters that don't get to be in things, but now Disney needs to use all of them, so they do. Uh, but yeah, it's a game that has, uh, like I said, it has a morality system, which means red suit versus black suit. Uh, it has multiple endings because this is a Spider-Man game with an evil ending. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe the evil... So the, the plot, core plot of the game is that because, of course, you have the black suit, that means that you are... Uh, that you have the symbiote attached to you again. And, like, the whole plot is, like, symbiote-based, such that the evil ending is that uh, Spider-Man and Mary Jane split up because Spider-Man's become evil as shit. And uh, Spider-Man and Black Cat are both, like, symbioted all to hell, and Spider-Man becomes, like, the evil sim symbiote king of New York. <laughs> nice. Okay. Extremely strange to see in an officially licensed Spider-Man game. I don't think you could ever get Disney to agree to allow them to produce such a thing. Uh, there is... It also has one of my favorite uh, dumb boss fight mechanics ever, which is because of the, the red suit, black suit mechanic, uh, you get attacked by Wolverine, who is like, it seems like you're going crazy, Spider-Man, so I'm going to try to stop you. Uh, and you have to convince him that you know you're still that you are one, still 100% you, and uh, you know just that you aren't evil. And one of the things that happens is that during the boss fight, he asks you Spider-Man trivia to try to ascertain whether you're really you. 
But doesn't that require extrinsic knowledge to be able to answer correctly? Uh, he's asking you things that are technically, like, they're not Spider-Man trivia in the sense of, like, what issue did this happen in. He's asking you Spider-Man trivia about, like, really obscure Spider-Man characters. Okay. Which does cause Spider-Man to quip. If you get one of them wrong, uh, like, when you get one, when you get them wrong, you lose, he, like, attacks you and you take extra damage. But, uh, when you get one of them wrong, Spider-Man just says, come on, that's not even on my Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And at the time, this is no longer the case, but at the time that was true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's that that game's not amazing, but it is really interesting. So if you want to play a really strange Spider-Man game, maybe go uh, digging through bargain bins to find the Xbox 360 Spider-Man Web of Shadows. Probably not backwards compatible. Uh, I don't was it, was think it is. As well? Yes, it was. Alright, I'll have to track down that version. Yeah. There are other versions, but they have uh, different stories and don't have the same mechanics and shit. But, oh, yeah. it's the stones. <laughs> stones and Rakanishu's. Yeah, no, never made backwards compatible. Shaba Games went out of business immediately afterwards. It's it's sad. Sorry, that was my little memorial to a developer I always rooted for and always liked. And just uh, just weren't weren't much weren't much you could do about it. But they were in a, they were a great little studio. Maybe under Microsoft will be. I don't even know if Activision ever actually bought them or if they were just allowed to dissolve because of 2008. But yeah. Uh, indubitably. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's what I've been playing and or rhapsodizing about. Um, let's see. Let's see. Did Embracer buy anyone else this week? <laughs> I don't believe they bought anyone else. There was a Nintendo Indie World presentation this morning. Oh, I had some thoughts on that. Uh, not the Indie yeah. World, it's just on Embracer. Thinking of, I've been thinking a lot about the Eidos acquisition over the past week and how, um, you know, uh, again, I think I talked about this a lot last week. We don't, no one likes the idea of massive corporations gobbling up into giant behemoths yeah but i just feel like this is a much better fit for idos it's mostly a lateral move in terms of large corporation purchasing things yeah like i mean in terms of like square enix is a very large business that actually has its fingers in a lot of different places that you yeah. probably don't think too much about because you don't read manga magazines in japan or whatever else the fuck they do but yeah like they're they're not as weird and diversified as an embracer group but they were never the little guy here yeah <laughs> uh but yeah thinking about just like a lot of the different publishers and developers they have like stuff like deus ex and some maybe some of the older weirder idols properties just there's a lot of cool things now is the time bring back bring back what Gex. yes yes have him 
have him trying to communicate with his son, who he cannot meaningfully communicate with because they both only communicate in pop culture references that neither of the other understands. Yes, I am knocking off. Uh, I am knocking off a concept that I saw in a tweet by wonderful Twitter account Doc Future. Uh, but damn it, I do not care. <laughs> it's still one of the best ideas I've ever heard for a video game. <sighs> oh, Gex. It's pronounced Gex, and it's not a dinosaur. Nope. Yeah, Deus Ex. Just, uh, you know, THQ Nordic is already publishing weird Euro RPGs. Now they can have a good <laughs> RPG. Hooray. Uh, weird Euro RPGs can be good. Or See Disco Elysium. Maybe if they want to do more <laughs> with uh, Kingdom of Amalore, they can, you know wrote them the way of uh, Idols Montreal to do something cool with it. Something like that. It will actually be required by contract to make sure that an, any follow-up is produced in Rhode Island. Oh, dear lord. <laughs> uh, incredible. I'll never stop laughing at that. But, what a, what a ride. Yeah. Yeah, We're at 38 studios. <laughs> I'll stop. Uh, I'll stop ganking. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, he, but, already, yeah. he already had a heart attack and had cancer, so. Heart attack, sir? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, so as long as he's not, like, doing, not saying or doing anything in public and not spending money on horrible things, no. then sure. Why are you still in the burial grounds? Isn't there some other place we have to go here? No, we killed Bloodraven. We could do the optional tombs. Oh, so this is not where the underground passages. No. Okay. But yeah, there was a, there's a Nintendo Indie World showcase. Uh, no, there's no Silk Song. Apparently, I, th those people that, setting the fall up for themselves to get pulled out. Yes. Some incredibly detailed, like, is, is that hand-drawn art? I don't even know. Uh, like, just fucking chill. My god. Just just be happily surprised when it comes out. Lord. Just be happily surprised so when it comes nice. out. I still have not played Hollow Knight, and, like, Hollow Knight fans are obnoxious. Yes, they are. <laughs> I do not like Hollow Knight. I like Hollow Knight. It's a very good game. Uh, but a lot of its fan act, act, act like it's the best thing ever, and its shit doesn't stink. Right. It's got some problems, but... There's whatever. people who, who say that it's... They're like, oh, it's the best Metroidvania, it's what everything else should no. be. It's like, no, no, no. no. Yeah, one day I'll play it. trying to say it was better than Metroid Dread. I just have to grip my Use my TP, man. I want to use your TP. In any case, uh... so yeah, embrace a group. Um, I, th I think ultimately this is going to be a good thing for fans of any of the Idos properties. Yeah, put put simply, I think that Embracer Group is going to care about these older properties that they've inherited more than Square did. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yes, bring on the Switch ports, please. Give me. 
You got gonna me. be nothing but guts, man. You got me buying fucking dis destroy all not destroy all humans. Is it destroy all humans or kill all humans? It destroy, is destroy all humans. Destroy. You got me buying fucking destroy all humans. Give me some Tomb Raider and Switch, please. Does the remake of Destroy All Humans still contain the entirety of Plan 9 from Outer Space? Contain what? The entirety of Plan 9 from Outer Space. I don't know. I, I that don't was know. that was buried in the special features of the original. I'm gonna have to look into that. Uh, that was actually that original version also has some good like little feature apps uh, that was actually that show like some of the very early part of that. That was actually pretty neat. But yeah, it was kind of funny because I, I was just looking for some dumb, dumbish action games to buy, and it's looking like, oh, Metro it's the Embracer Group. Metro Redux is on sale. Be featuring the Embracer Group. Yes, this game looks depressing. Oh, yeah, by Metro? all accounts, it's, yeah, yeah. I'll put it this way: it's based on a Russian novel. Yeah. I did find out it's made by a Ukrainian developer, so that was yeah. point in its favor, but. Yeah, no. I've got it. I've got it set aside to play one day because my friends speak very highly of it. The yeah. original developer did the Switch port themselves, and it's apparently a very, very good one. Yeah, I will probably yeah. grab it at some point to to play later, but yeah, I just wanted something silly. Lighter and, uh, than that. Yeah, yeah. It's not much lighter than Destroy All Humans. Yes, it looks. I watched some footage of it, and I was like, this looks like the stupid humor that. Is just like right up my alley. I associate it a lot with uh, with its contemporary stuff with Zombie and Riddle Without a Pulse, which is a similarly very stupid uh, action game of the era. Although Rebel Without a Pulse, which is, I believe also available on, uh, may also have been for. It's available on Switch. I believe it may have also been purchased by the Embrace Group at some point. Yes, it is because it was originally developed by. Aspire. Wide load games. Uh, or published by Aspire. But anyway. Uh, the PC version would have been anyway. Yeah. Wide load was uh, a bunch of ex-Bungie people yep. who uh, took the Halo engine with them. Which means that a game in the Halo, en Halo engine is now available on Switch. But, uh, yeah, I have looked at, looked at that game a bunch of times and can't decide if it's something I actually want to play. <laughs> it's, it's a very dumb comedy. Uh, as you play the game, you gain the ability. Like, it and... Uh, it and Destroy All Humans 1 are both 50s pastiches. Each Destroy All Humans game, game like, jump forward a decade, so Destroy All Humans 2 is a 60s pastiche. And the very uh, forgotten Destroy All Humans Path of the Furon for PS3 and 360 is a 70s pastiche. But uh, Stubbs and Destroy All Humans 1 are both 50s pastiches about uh, horrible violence occurring uh, in like a weird, like, vaguely, in a 50s uh, style area that is inexplicably sci fi in many ways. But. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I just, I think you might end up enjoying, uh, Stubbs. It's a little more, it's a little darker comedy than, uh, the more screwball aspects. Uh, it's, it's still pretty screwball. Like, there's a, I believe there is a point where you, like, have to, you can, you fight an entire barbershop for 10 in <laughs> What? That's awesome. 
So yeah, there, there's some there's some real dumb shit happening in both of them. They they, they are yeah. of a piece of a time. Yeah, I think I'll be going back to GameStop and grabbing that while it's on sale as well. <laughs> but uh, Stubbs also had like a pretty uh, fun soundtrack that was uh, a bunch of uh, ops bands covering like 50s and 60s hits. So if you ever wanted to hear Cake's version of Strangers in the Night, then that's your chance. Or the the Flaming Lips covering if I only had a brain. (laughs) Awesome. But yeah. uh, I'm in the Underground Passage. Yeah, I can't find it. Yeah, because for some reason, uh, this this is one of those uh, seeds where it's just a hole in the middle of the map instead of having the wall around it. That's fine. Yeah, they do that sometimes. It's really annoying. Right. Uh, yeah. So. Okay, we we will move on from. All right. Uh, this. Definitely... Use my portal. And discuss some of the questions Fireminer has dropped in the chat. Oh. Uh, well, not in the chat, but in the Discord. Have permission from the Embracer group to stop talking about them. I mean, we haven't been bought yet. If they buy us, we can keep talking about them. We are for sale. Really? Known for it. Yes. Who's for sale? RP Gamer? No. No, me. No, oh, us. Q and A quest. I once, I once banged Pew for what was it? Ten gifted subs. No, we we absolutely. <laughs> and he did it. Yes. It happened. So, uh, me too, man. The record company is gonna give me lots of money. All right, I just found the dark wood. But yeah. Okay. Uh, some questions that Fireminer has so thankfully given us uh, in relation to a previous episode. Uh, since they went up on the eighth, I presume they are from episode two fifty-five. Uh, well, like you guys said, the MSX right, is not as good at video games as the Famicom and Sega Mark One. It is still a bit more capable than the Commodore 64 and leagues ahead of the Spectrum. I'm going to make some mild uh, disputes there the, uh, because the Mark One is a not impressive piece of hardware. The Mark Three is a relatively impressive piece of hardware. The Mark One is kind of uh, on the level like a ColecoVision. And if you've seen a ColecoVision, you're not impressed by it. Uh <laughs> No hardware scrolling was like a death knell for uh, systems once the NES came around. Because there's uh, hardware, hardware scrolling, which the C64 also has, and the MSX also lacks. Uh, it was it, it's really hard to deal with. Just no hardware capacity scroll uh, background graphics. Like it just MSX. It, go look up like Nemesis on the MSX one because like that's the other distinction made. The MSX-1 and MSX-2 are different pieces of hardware, and I believe there is hardware scrolling on the MSX-2. I did some research into this, and I found, like, uh, forums populated by, like, people from the Middle East talking about their MSX nostalgia. Uh, so that's been fascinating. But, uh... Yeah, like... <laughs> as far as I can tell, uh, the the... MSX-1 did not have... Uh, the MSX-2 does have hardware scrolling. The MSX-1 absolutely doesn't. That is part of why Metal Gear is the kind of game that it is. Uh, Kojima was essentially like pa- passed down the 
edict to make an action game for the MSX, but seeing all of the hardware limitations, decided to make a game that was more about uh, putting few enemies on screen that you had to dodge around, and that was uh, built in such a fashion that it required that it did not require scrolling, so you could have the flick screen uh, effect so that you didn't have, you got around the lack of the hardware limitations. Uh, so, you know, just... <laughs> you, you get, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, whole Mother of Invention shit going on there. But, uh, yeah, just, just to be clear, like, especially when you're looking at these real old pieces of hardware, uh, it's very hard to make one-to-one -one determinations about this one is more powerful than that one, because a lot of them are designed in very different fashions than any other piece of hardware ever. Uh, so I'm sure there are things that the MSX is, in fact, better at. But, uh, like, on the whole, if you were looking at the kinds of games people wanted to play in 1984, uh, honestly, you were probably going to see... Uh, to have better luck with a Commodore 64 than you were with the MSX. But that does leave us with the Spectrum, which has uh, essentially no very little hardware support for anything. Uh, that brings to mind another question. Uh, are these old microcomputers uh, evidence of the adage that software is always more important than hardware? These underpowered machines were seriously considered as gaming platforms because everyone could make games for them. I mean, software will always be more important than hardware. Like, I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. Uh, there are limits, hardware is useful in the way... Say what? There are limits as to, like, how much the hardware doesn't matter, though. Oh, of course. The, the point I was going to expound upon that was with that hardware opens the gate to different and new kinds of software. But, like, and this is why I always bristle at the term underpowered. Hardware is a delivery method for software. And the most impressive hardware on the planet is worthless without software to exploit. And that's why you'll run so often into, this was technically superior, it was a pain in the ass, it doesn't matter. <laughs> this was technically inferior, it was, it did something that the other pieces of hardware didn't, so it doesn't matter. Right. Like, that that will always be the, the key here. Like, this was, you know, these two technically do the same thing, but this one only had, but, you know, like, this one was weaker, but it had better software. The weaker one with the better software will win all the time, every time. Yeah. It's, it is impossible to describe how much that people are, that the vast majority of people purchasing hardware are not purchasing the hardware for its own sake. This is why Switch sells so much. Pretty much. And it gets that also by it to find a new use case. Thus, yep. you know. Well, then but, yeah. you think, like, why did the Wii sell... 100 million copies because of Wii Sports and, you know, it, it was a different experience than what the other companies were offering. Yep. It always comes down to that. Like, yes, underpowered in a relative sense. I'm putting big layer quotes, but you know, it it did what it did. And like, its sales certainly slowed, but bear in mind that even after its sales slowed, it still outsold uh, the PS3, which was the runner-up by 30 million units. Yep. 
but yeah, like it's it's always software. It will always be software. Yeah, where's the goddamn waypoint? Uh, okay, uh, this one's this. This one's a bit of a weirder, bit of esoterica. Have you met anyone referring to the PlayStations by their model names, aka uh, CPH1000 or CCH4XX? A friend of mine recently raised how Sony, until this point, had been has been keeping the PlayStation pretty distinctive in terms of design language, and only when you look at their actual model number would you realize uh, that Sony made them. Anyone remember all the confusing names Sony gave to their Walkman and phones? I mean, that's that's down to the different kinds of consumer hardware here, because like the a, a Walkman, for example, there's no. There's no secondary sales made on a Walkman. Sony can, like back in the day, Sony could hope that you would buy albums from a record company they own. But the the Walkman right. they sold you was the Walkman you bought, and they needed to entice you to either buy new Walkmans or sell Walkmans to people who weren't enticed by old Walkmans. So they needed to constantly emphasize that there were new features to this Walkman, that it was better than the old ones, or more portable, or had battery life or a million other things there are so many weird dumb walkmans there's a walkman with two tape decks in it for no reason i cannot understand the use case that was meant to have do you want some gems i got a million of them yeah. all right but you know they threw it out there because like maybe someone wants this <laughs> because they like once you they've sold you a walkman that's all the money they're making off that walkman with the playstation uh, to, to continue, the software is king. They sell you the hardware so that they can keep skimming money off the software. Not here. Every other, like, it's all about the secondary sales. So, trying to entice you to buy, to entice the same person to buy multiple PlayStations is honestly not super their business. Like, certainly they appreciate being able to sell you a PlayStation 4 and a PlayStation 4 Pro or a PlayStation 5 and the inevitable PlayStation 5 upgrade. PS1 slim, PS2 slim, PS3 slim, PS3 super slim. All of those are nice for goosing the numbers, uh, but inevitably you run into the issue of there's there's only so much you want to distinguish these things because you just want people to buy software and different models that play different kinds of software or have different feature sets generally disincentivize people from buying software. Hey, we gotta go back to Stonyfield. Use my portal. Stony field you. That doesn't yeah, make any yeah. sense at all. Do bear in mind, though, that Sony did try making a uh, hybrid monstrosity DVR, uh, DVR and uh, PS2 called the PSX. If you miss uh, truly baffling pieces of hardware with strange de uh, designations. Is that Sony's latest piece of shit that doesn't fucking work? <laughs> My favorite fucking onion video article. <laughs> I showed that to people and they were like, wow, that's hilarious. <laughs> like my dad uh, a few weeks ago had asked me to, he wants to get a new laptop. He just asked me to send him some links for a couple of models. So mm -hmm. then, uh, I, then I sent him the link to that video and then he's like, oh, okay, you talked me out of it. I, I guess I won't be buying a new laptop. <laughs> Because he's like, he wanted either a Sony or a Toshiba, and I'm like, I don't think either of them makes laptops anymore. No. <laughs> yeah, I think they both sold off their laptop division at some point. 
Yeah, now I'm just thinking about how much I... <laughs> How much I fucking love the part in that video where it's just like the Sony executive talking has just finished talking about how this thing will never fucking like we'll never fucking figure out how this object works, and then it's just like the fake newscaster is sort of just like talking about the story while in the background you just see him like uh, violently attacking a remote and shouting fuck over and over. <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah. I've never heard of anyone. The the only people I've ever known who cared about the PlayStation model numbers are people who want to mod them in very specific fashions. Uh, there was a. <laughs> there was a way to pipe. Uh, data into the PS1 via the uh, like port, the link port on the back that five official games used that got cut out of later models because it was a thing that five games used. Uh, and also it was a thing that required two Playstations, two TVs, and two copies of the same game to function. So, uh, helped, uh, like, no one was using that for legitimate purposes. It got cut out uh, as a cost-saving measure. Uh, also, the Game Shark also used it <laughs> until they started using the regard for it. But basically, uh, there were uh, ways to pipe data through that people used to uh, use, uh, use used for the purpose of like playing games without a CD, or like uh, the, as close to equivalent as you could get to like a PS One EverDrive or something. Uh, but th that's the kind of thing people care about the model numbers for: very specific hardware mod. Uh, way back in the day, you might have to have had to care about the model number for uh, mod chip purposes. Uh, newer model, newer, newer versions of the hardware might find ways to make mod chips either harder to install or non-functional. But yeah, o overall, just not a not the not just not a, a designation most people have reason to care about and generally kind of a pain in the ass to figure out because you have to lift the damn thing and look under it yeah simply not worth it uh in modern times you might also care about it because early ps1 models are faulty as shit mm -hmm. uh the to use mine upside down yeah and that'll wear it out eventually too uh the like eventually you'll have it have issues in both configurations because the uh there are like five different faults with the laser that uh will eventually destroy it uh it's not helped by the fact that the laser is like internally right next to the power supply and gets heated up a lot i don't like there was no fucking reason for it to function that way it sucks um but yeah, uh, that's why that's why I have no love for Sony hardware. My PS One stopped working, and my PS Two stopped working, <laughs> and eventually my PS Three did too. Convinced the only reason my PS Four didn't is that I didn't use it as much. Yep, same here. Then again, I didn't use my PS Three that much either. <laughs> Whatever. Well, uh, I, I should say, yeah, my PS Four never technically stopped working, but I always suspected that it was on the outs. It was on the outs when I got the PS Five. Yeah. Like it was slow and just not slow, loud, making horrible noises. Not filling me with a lot of confidence. But yeah, like the the PS 
Like, they're, they're not the hardiest pieces of hardware. My PSP had an issue where, like, I don't know what the fuck was going on with its screen. It seemed like it was dying in, in slow patches. Like, it was just, over time, like, dark spots just slowly encroaching on the screen from the, from the outside edges in. Like, this is unsettling. So, yeah, like, I... The only Sony pieces of hardware I've ever had that did not fail in some spectacular fashion before I was done with them were ones that I just didn't use that much. Uh, yep. That thing's still pristine. Yeah. <laughs> I played uh, Persona 4 Golden twice, and that was kind of it. Well, now you can play that on Steam. They used my PSP in Vita a lot, and they held up. Although, that's probably partially because I hacked the PSP, so I didn't have to use any of these. Did you at least uh, did you at least wait for the PSP 2000 or 3000? Uh, I started with the the 2000. Yeah, I never. Had same, same. The PS1, the PSP 1000, by all accounts, had the worst uh, issues with. Yeah. Because that was the one where like they had made sacrifices uh, about screen size and shape in order to, but like, that caused them to, it was some madness where these, the square button did not sit directly above the thing that it was supposed to activate, so Ooh. the square button tended to stick and fuck up. Uh, there are some very early models of the PSP where if you hold it wrong, the UMD door just opens and the game will just fall out. <laughs> Hello, Pew. So. Thank you. But yeah. Uh, so, the, like, the, <laughs> determining faulty hardware is the other reason people have reason to care about model numbers. There, there used to be a on... huge cottage industry in terms of, like, what chipset is your 360 using? Because it won't die as fast mm -hmm. if it's using, like, the 65 nanometer, like, Jasper chipset or whatever. Are we doing Forgotten Power or not? Do, do, do you remember? Do you have any idea how long ago it was that I, I've played through this game? You forgot the tower. I don't know what the fuck the Forgotten Tower is. Well, it's an optional quest, and it's where you do rune farming. Eh. We can skip it. Nah. Actually, we're then probably... you will! Yeah, you know what? We're better off doing it individually, because then we won't fight over the runes and get yeah. mad at each other. I'm in the black market. That's never happened. Yeah, I saw mine. So now we yeah. gotta go to the uh, Tomo or Tomoe Highland. I was gonna say, the funny thing about the, the PSP and, and the GBA actually was I waited and my parents got me the GBA SP with Final Fantasy Tactics Advance and then I waited and they got me the PSP More the with Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, and then the streak died. There weren't more. Yeah, that was it. That was the end of that. I did not wait for a DS to get Final Fantasy Tactics A2. <laughs> yeah, I got a DS Lite as my first DS with uh, New Super Mario Brothers. I got the uh, oh, the Mario Kart model. Nice. The red one. Like original DS or DS? Yeah, no, original DS. I still have it. Ah, uh, that's wild. Yeah. Uh, uh, but that, yeah, that one uh, that I got a model with a dead pixel, which I had to bring back to Walmart and be like, "Yo, 
this thing is. <laughs> I need a replacement for this fucking thing. Fix it. Thankfully, I got someone at, at the uh, support counter that actually knew what a dead fix <laughs> So, it worked out. Living the dream. Yeah, uh, also, hello. Hello. You're pretty quiet. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, the people, people don't stress about model numbers because the whole point of these is that they're all supposed to be functionally equivalent. Whereas with Walkmans or phones, they were distinctive. They had distinctive feature sets. That was their purpose. So people needed to care about what model they were getting, so that they could know, so that they could ask God why they had purchased a Walkman with two tape decks. <laughs> Still truly baffling. Go go look that thing up. I don't understand what they were going for. Also, go look up the uh, the disc man that is smaller than a compact disc. Oh, huh? How did that work? <laughs> It uh, Wait, it, the disc spins, uh, it like hangs out of the thing like a buzzsaw. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Uh, wow. That sounds it's, like it's, a really bad idea. <laughs> it's very, it's, it's very neat to look at and then contemplating ever using it for anything is baffling. Uh, well, I mean, I, if yeah. you want to destroy your CD collection... If you would like to destroy your CD collection in the most ostentatious way possible, that is an option. Of course, these objects are traditionally non-functional uh, because their entire function... The, the way that they work was also that they were designed to house a, a CD single back when those were physically smaller than CDs and also the idea of someone buying a CD single seemed like it made sense. Uh, yeah. So the way that it functioned was that uh, the like disc uh, spindle move, like you could slide it from one position to another, uh, and it like it usually that's the point of failure. They those part that part usually breaks, and so now it can't read any CDs. I still have my CD collection. Those are always nice. I like them. As, as do I. Yeah, I was just thinking the other day, like, I started collecting vinyls, I don't know, like 10 years ago, and I have a decent number of them, but I'm like, man, CDs were, like, the best format, because to make a digital copy, you just put it in your computer, and then you could put it on an MP3 player or something. You know? And then Sony tried to install a rootkit on your of computer. Of course they did. I bought Remember a Trey that? That was wild. CD. And it had a rootkit on it. <laughs> a rootkit that would be defeated by literally any OS past Windows XP, which would be like, what the fuck is this trying to install? Are you sure you want this to do this? <laughs> yeah, good uh, luck getting rid of it, I'll tell you. Yeah, they, oh, that was the thing that was truly disgusting. Uh, they put out, like, once they got called out on it, they put out, like, a, they put out an uninstaller, quote-unquote, that did not, in fact, uninstall it and just, like, stole more information. Wow. Yep. They got caught. Again. Again. Truly, truly incredible. Incredible. Oh, uh, Wheels, would you like a Caffin's Visage? 
or visage. Uh, it's a set item what? specifically for your class. Sure. Okay, and I have two of them. You can have that. Great. Right outside the stash. Where is it? Oh, right, right outside, outside the, the stash. Yeah. Return to town. Okay, next question. Also, related to Sony, we've talked a lot about proprietary media formats, but what about proprietary batteries? And you want to remember those gumstick batteries for Walkman's and Campus. Yeah, you can still get those. Here, I'll just bring uh, it to you. So, it proprietary as they were, Sony used them long enough on a successful enough range of products that you can still get them. Well, you died. Oh, let's let's not forget the proprietary memory cards. Yeah, talk about those. That ruined the Vita. <sighs> the Vita came pre-ruined. Well, um, yeah, well, I was going <laughs> to yeah, say uh, the Vita ruined the Vita. And like, like, that's a common like refrain that I see from people that really wanted that thing to succeed. It's like, oh, if they had just if the memory cards weren't so unreasonable, it's like there's like nine million other things wrong with it. <laughs> yeah, like. Back touch panel. That, that is a battle. Yeah, that thing sucks ass. Pick it up, uh, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. 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 Pick it up, pick a portable object usually wants some control over what kind of power draw it's using. So, like, here, we'll make a battery type that we use that, yeah, standardizes. It's like, yeah, I get that. It's it's not fun, but it's more under... It, it, it's better reasoned than, again, as mentioned, a lot of the proprietary media formats where they just sort of did something. A lot of the proprietary media formats were powered by corporate spite, so... Uh, go, go, uh, go look up the history of Betamax and VHS and how Sony, like, once they'd lost, once they had to throw in the towel on Betamax, immediately started trying to sell Video 8 as the new, uh, cassette format of the 1980s that was going to be like they want to like video 8 was a popular camcorder format but they wanted video 8 to be like a home format like you buy movies in video 8 format it's like yeah that's not happening no one cares <laughs> oh man there's also uh God. i'm thinking a lot about like a, a youtube channel that i've watched that has a you didn't put your gold in your stash Listen, man. It's not the hey, hey. hour. Well, the you're YouTube... lucky you're playing with a friend and not some rando. They would rob you blind. Why the fuck a a YouTube channel that I follow Jesus called Techmon that goes through a lot of these weird old like consumer electronics products. And if you want to see like Sony at the height of like, you made this without ever thinking about what an end consumer would do with it. Uh, go look up the Sony Ruby. Which was a, like, one-off video camera uh, that used a format that literally nothing else ever used. Not even anything else Sony uh, Ruby officially stood for, apparently, recording unit by video, which is just an insane statement. But 
Uh, it was a. Uh, like we have nothing better to name this. It was. It was that. It was Sony at the height of their miniaturization fetish. It was just like, oh, it's the smallest camcorder we've ever made, and their their goal for how to do that was that it didn't use tapes of any description, uh, or at least not a tape that you could replace. Uh, it had a video cartridge that contained 30 minutes worth of high 8 like the successor, successor to video 8 tape uh, loaded around an entire like conventional tape record head and you were expected to when you used this you would record like 30 minutes of video or whatever then you would dub it off uh, you you would like duplicate it, reducing its quality onto a like VHS or a video eight or like some other uh, form of recording, and then you would just record over it over and over and over, and the quality would get shittier and shittier because if you ever tried to record over uh, like a recorded tape before, you know that that just it just gets worse and worse every time you record over it. <laughs> And, like, there was no way to replace the internal unless it broke, at which point you would have to, you would send it to Sony and they would replace it. Because all that's in there is, like, a bunch of tape and an entire record head, which is, like, the most expensive part of a VCR. Just absolute madness. Hey, the remember VCRs? I do. They're so, fascinating. Hey, kids, back in the day, all right. First off, you could buy a radio cassette player, and it would have two cassette decks so that you could copy tapes or you could record songs off of the radio. And then with VCRs, it was the same type of thing. You had VCRs that you could copy one tape to another, or you could record live television right onto a tape. And of course, they got rid of that. I just plugged one VCR into another VCR. Yeah, that too. There were very poor attempts to fix, to stop you from doing that. Names yep. like Macrovision. Uh, oh, all right, I got him. Don't worry. But also, the actual funniest thing about VHS is when you look at like right before that format died, there were all sorts of attempts to extend it, uh, extend it to the point where you get to like a, for a format you've never heard of with names like WVHS, yeah. which is uh, an HD VHS format from uh, 1994. I'm listening, us in, I'm listening to us in delayed stereo. Don't do that. But uh, yeah, I, I love I love how weird of a format of VHS is because it is designed to record HD signals off of the like Muse High Vision broadcasts that were happening in Japan in the early 90s. Oh, by the way, Wheels, um, I don't know why, but you didn't get the notification that when I started the, um, the host over at RP Gamer. You hmm. are correct. Did not get a notification of the host. That's weird. Huh. Sorry to interrupt you, David. It's fine, I was probably just going to start talking about Chroma subcarriers or some shit. Um, <laughs> and then you or used to be able Elysium. to... I was going to say, also you used to be option. able to just go to the store and buy your own DVR and you could use it Back for a in my day. of purposes. 
Why are you making us sound really old? Why? Why are you doing this? I don't know. I'm an act of self-annihilation. I keep forgetting. Am I older than David, or is David older than me? I think you're older than me. I'm only 30. Oh, yeah, I'm way older than you. Oh, I'm 36. I'm older than you. Yeah, and then Wheels is 38. I'm older than Wheels. Yes, 38. Yes. can't believe Wheels is 40. I'm not 40 yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> yet. Not until the end of this year. Yeah. Which month? It's not important. No, it is important because I'll be The last <laughs> day of the year. It's right. my birthday. My birthday is in August, so yes, I am older than Wheels. <laughs> Sweet. I'm not old, I'm just old at heart. Um, but you have a mind like no one else. I have a mind like an absolute steel trap for the dumbest shit imaginable. <laughs> um, but I yeah, think I, that, I think I proved I have that too by playing Lufia Two this week on stream. Lufia Two is a good game. It, oh no, it's a good game, but I'm doing it without a guide and I'm doing all the puzzles. Oh god, some of the puzzles. As long as you're not doing the hundred step puzzle, I think you can manage. Fuck the hundred step puzzle. Yeah, fuck that. That sounds awful. It's it's literally it's an optional puzzle for the game is just fucking with you. Yeah, it's it's an optional puzzle. It's one of those sliding puzzles, but it doesn't use um all the same size blocks. Um Wheels, yeah. do you know how to run in this game? Pushing the left thumb stick. Yeah, but you're you're not running. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. For the record. <laughs> Lufia 2 even refers to this puzzle as the world's most difficult trick. Yeah. Oh, I, um... I've been meaning to play Lunar Silver Star, and I actually have a PS1 ROM that I've been playing on my tablet. Yeah, that's a good version. That's the best version. Seriously, yeah. I tried to get it running on a Sega CD emulator and it just never worked. And then I had don't it on PSP, which then I then sold. Also, so now I have it on the other one. Okay. And the two versions uh, I, I don't want to play is the Sega Saturn version and the Game Boy Advance version. Sega Saturn version is fine. It's the Sega CD version you don't want to play. GBA version is weird. PSP version is not really all that good. The PSP version is kind of like it's. Its problem is that it's still retaining a bunch of shit from the from the GBA version, which it shouldn't have. Uh, yeah, I, you you have walked into a trap of uh, lunar connoisseurs. Um, <laughs> awesome. And uh, what about the second one though? Is that any good? Yeah, oh, mean, lunar two is incredible. Isn't bad until you okay. get to the last boss because you can basically breeze through the entire game, and then the last boss will kick your ass. Okay. You can still kind of breeze through the last boss because Mia gets a limit break that she's going to be able to spam that give that makes you invincible for like three turns. I played through every version of that game, several of them concurrently. I'm broken in the head. Um, the Sega CD version has not aged well. Uh, it's interesting because it's the most different from all the others. Like, it the PS1 version is deliberately contradicting it in a number of ways just to be interesting. Uh, but all the other versions derive themselves from the PS1 version and make their own changes, but usually nowhere near as drastic 
whereas the Sega CD version, like, the middle and ending are just completely different. <laughs> it just completely shifts. Uh, the PS1 version is the stronger version of the story, but, like, the Sega CD version's biggest problem, and the reason that I can't imagine, I can't recommend anyone goes back to it, is uh, almost every dungeon is using the same tile set, just with a different color. Yeah. And not even always with a different color. I played a bit of it, and it was really bad. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it is one of those things where it's like, oh, the, the remake really obsoletes this. It does also have some working designs, most working design jokes, though. So there's that. Um, yeah, whatever. The ROM I downloaded says unworking designs. That is oh, likely oh. them. So that version, what it was doing is working designs didn't just translate the games, they also fucked with the difficulty. So the unworking designs patches for working designs games are typically reverting difficulty changes. Oh, okay. Working designs maybe. Cool. Uh, but you would still get uh, children talking about uh, Wheaties in your <laughs> unworking designs to ROM. Okay. I will, I will admit, one of my personal favorite ones was the uh, do you want to win a million, you know, do you want to win a million dollar references that were in... Oh yeah, who wants to be a millionaire shit? Yeah, in, uh, <laughs> really? the second game. Yeah, that was exactly the time where you would make that reference. Which, like, it's frozen in amber. Mm -hmm. Did you ever uh, play the um, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire video game? Did you ever play uh, the Who Wants to Beat Up Beat Up a Millionaire parody game? That no, sounds wonderful. But, I, but it's absolutely they, horrendous. I will admit, I was a big fan of One Person a Hundred. Oh, man, that's, that's very late on. Um, but the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire game, um, I think they actually had Regis do voiceovers, but then he's really mean to you, like... If you don't press anything for a long time, he yells at you, and then he uh, closes the game on you. It's like uh, it's like if you leave Sonic CD running for three minutes without doing anything, he just doesn't yeah. come out of here, and then game over. <laughs> he kills himself. Yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, going back to the questions, uh, we do still have one more from Fire Miner for the week. Oh, you? yeah, yeah, no. I was going to uh, get to it. Uh, isn't it weird that people forget there were more than just MS-DOS and other companies released DOS of their own? Microsoft literary, I think literally, meant literally brought yeah, some, some of them to court during the 1990s. I guess that happened when people forgot how hated Microsoft was because of their monopolistic hijinks. Um, the other thing is that different DOSes had different compatibilities and MS-DOS was the most compatible. Because things targeted it. And I didn't. Isn't the. What is. Um, Pirates of Silicon Valley. Isn't that movie based on the fact that he basically stole it from. Mac? Yes. Dogs? That's what that's based Dogs. off of, but it's not. I don't know how how factual it is, but I did watch not that very. movie. Nice. Right. Well, it's a part of it is because they, both, because they both stole it from Xerox. Exactly. Oh, no, no, no bought... it was purchased from Xerox. Yes. He bought it from Xerox for like thirty grand, and they thought they were getting a good deal. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Xerox had like the Palo Alto Research Center, which is fascinating because like it, it was, it did a lot of like early uh, work into things like graphical user interfaces and shit. But uh, like Xerox didn't care because none of that was useful for like making copying machines better 
And so they just sold most of that research because they didn't give a shit about it. They weren't going to use any of that. So that's uh, the base. Uh, the Xerox Palo Alto Research Center is the basis of the uh, graphical operating systems used by the Mac and Lisa. Oh man, the Lisa. Yeah, well, was Lisa, Lisa really named after his uh, illegitimate child? What was his sister? Oh. <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought his sister's name was Lisa. Yeah, let me check. Apple Lisa. Oh, I think Commercial it, failure. At least in the movie, it was named after his illegitimate child. Yes. Yeah, that's what but I meant. Okay. To acknowledge. Though the documentation shipped with the per Wikipedia, though the documentation shipped with the original Lisa only refers to it as the Lisa. Apple officially stated that the name was an acronym for locally integrated software architecture for Lisa. Because okay. Steve Jobs' first daughter was named Lisa Nicole Brennan, it was sometimes inferred that the name also had a personal application, perhaps had the, that the acronym was a backronym and meant later to the name. Andy Hertzfeld stated that the acronym was reverse-engineered from the name Lisa, unsurprisingly. In late 1982 by the Apple marketing team, after they had tried a marketing consultancy firm to come up with names to replace Lisa and Macintosh, at the time considered by Jeff Raskin to be merely internal project names. Uh, man, what a time. What a time to be alive. Back Remember all those, cool. uh... What's that? Back when Apple was cool. <laughs> Remember when they had all those, like, failed attempts to... Uh... To replace and re-engineer macOS that kept never getting off the ground? Yeah. How do you feel about Copeland? Uh, Gershwin, maybe? No, I'm thinking of the one that eventually got melded in with uh, the next OS and became Mac OS X. Uh, I don't remember, it's been a long time. Yeah, like there was, yeah, there was Next Step and all that shit. Yeah. But yeah, the, the reason people think of MS-DOS is because that was the one that everything targeted and thus the most compatible with stuff. Because yeah. like, there's other DOSes, but... You know, if you want to play games, and usually that's what you're going back to these old things to do, that's what most of them want to play with. It's it's funny to me that there was there was years of quote unquote re-engineering the Mac OS, and they just made a more useful Linux essentially. Finally, just use like just just make Unix work for you. Yeah. And you know, like it's a it's a functional operating system just. Build a better, build a better front end. You're golden. Yeah. I found the stairs, by the way. I found my death. So yeah, I'll be you with did. you shortly. I dropped a ring for you, but I didn't think you'd need it. It's the um, ring of the apprentice. You know, ten percent Caspian. I don't know if you need that or not. Squishy mage. Yeah. Squishy. You are a squishy. MS-DOS uh, was the name given to it uh, after, like... Was there an IBM version of DOS? Yeah, like, it was It was the name that they... Uh, <laughs> uh, so, there's, so there's 86-DOS, uh, also known internally as QDOS, which was stated to stand for Quick and Dirty Operating System. <laughs> DOS. Uh, oh boy. But yeah, QDOS got bought by Microsoft and became the basis of MS DOS. 
Uh, All I remember from DOS is that if I typed in D-O-O-M, enter, it would play Doom. That's all that matters. That's all that mattered. Uh, and you had to actually type in Win to get into Windows. It was separate from DOS back then. It's like built on top of DOS. It's very strange. Yeah. Or pre-Windows 95. Yeah. I mean, Windows 95 is also built on top of DOS, but you didn't have to type Win to get into hey, it. Hey, remember Windows ME? Yes, yes I do. <laughs> Millennium yeah. Edition. It was horrible. It's a weird halfway house between Windows XP and Windows 98, and it doesn't function well working with software designed for either. Hey, you be nice to Emmy Chan. Nope. Remember Windows 8? Yeah. Nope, not when I can help it. But yeah, uh, MS-DOS, for the record, was essentially built to be a clone of Digital Research's CPM, which was the what about uh, Windows Longhorn? No, hold on, hold that, on a second. That became what was like the Windows Vista. Windows 8? What the hell was that called? Seven. No. Oh, Vi Vista. Vista. Uh, yeah, but there was seven though. Yeah. That was real. Right. We, we gotta go west to get to the stairs. Go west, yeah. But that yeah, one almost like, makes sense. If you want to dig deep into computer history, you end up running into like CPM, uh, a operating system made by Digital Research and the dear departed Gary Kildall, uh, which was like the operating system of the seventies. Does anyone else remember SunOS? Yes. How do you feel about uh, what's that? Why did you have to deal with that? I've never heard of anyone actually using it. Servers. Oh, of course. I had to actually install IBM WebSphere on SunOS. How did you feel about OS2 Warp? Uh, I don't want to talk about OS2. Why would you bring up fucking OS2? <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, that sounds like you. someone's been hurt. What happened? I have no comment on this matter. Really? Okay. Wheels, uh, what's your vitality? Uh, 30. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'm a I didn't realize... wizard. I don't even I, know. I know. I know. It's like, holy, like, I have more than twice as much health as you. You're a barbarian. What? I know. And I also uh, got You're supposed good... to be the Diablo expert here, man. Well, I also found uh, some set items on my other character that I'm currently using. Sweet. Okay, we're gonna hit a couple more from the big list. Uh... You're squishy. <laughs> <laughs> what game franchises are so niche that they have almost no competition? Please pick something besides the most obvious answers: Super Robot Wars, Tekkenotatsujin, and Denshadego. <laughs> I wouldn't even have counted most uh, any of those, honestly, if I'm being honest, because uh, Super Robot Wars is uh, does have competition, or at least used to way back in the day. We had the uh, Bondi did like a series of not Bondi, uh, I forget who did it, but it was like a series of things that essentially uh, crossed over a handful of franchises that you didn't typically see in Super Robot Wars until very recently, like the Brave series. 
Uh, Taiko no Tatsujin is a cool rhythm game, but there's definitely a lot of rhythm well, games um, like it. If you remember, Tadakawa Games just released a mecha SRPG 2 called Relayer. Mm. But is that licensed? I don't think that's licensed. No, that it has no licensed things, but it is still a, a strategy RPG with mecha. Yeah, but I would consider it to be in con competition with Super Robot Wars. You're drawing on licensing. Because uh, otherwise, you you would say that, say, Super Robot Wars and Front Mission were in competition, and I wouldn't really say that either. Uh, now, well, I wouldn't say that either, only because Front Mission, you have to design your mechs from scratch. <laughs> you get plenty of pre-built mechs. And then you have to design them from scratch. It's fine. You'll learn how to you'll learn how to pilot a Wanzer and like it. Uh, I know how to pilot a Wanzer, and I like it. I like it really but also, good. but also, then should they go? I was going to particularly call out. You just uh, that is only scratching the surface of the amount of Japanese train simulators. <laughs> there are so many of them. Yeah. Oh my god! A, a unique pair of gloves just dropped, and I can't fucking pick them off because they're goddamn falling. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I would say that this is a very hard question to answer by virtue of the fact that, like, with the rise of indie games, any of these things that used to have no competition suddenly has a handful of hardcore people that are like, I want to make more, I want there to be more of this kind of game, so I'm going to make them. Yeah, I remember a time when there was, like, as far as, like, roguelite, roguelites go, there was, like, Binding of Isaac and a bunch of garbage. That's yeah, but, but Binding of Isaac is also garbage. You don't know what you're talking about. It's merely extremely ugly. It's very uh, gross, but it's incredibly good, and really gets what makes that genre work. But in any case, uh, Tatsujin Densha de Um but yeah, uh, like it, it's very hard to to find something that like literally no one is, has attempted to knock off. Like, especially in the indie space, where like things that are niche get knockoffs anyway because like people want to play new games in that style and would like there to be more of them. So those kinds of people tend to be very dedicated and make them. Uh, well, I have one. I think at this point. If you want to call Monster Hunter its own sort of genre... Everyone sort of gave up on knocking it off. Yeah, it doesn't really have any competition. The last one to fall was uh, the God Eater series, which, as Monster Hunter actually changed, evolved, and improved, just stayed the same, and it fell off the face of the earth. So. Oh, remember that crappy Vita Monster Hunter clone, um, Ragnarok or something? Ragnarok yeah. Odyssey? Yeah. No, that was horrible, wasn't it? Wasn't There's that based so many. The MMO, though? Yeah, it was based on. It was. It was Ragnarok Online derived. There was also uh, uh, the, wizard, the wizard one that I liked, but was very weird. Soul Sacrifice? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that one. That was pretty unique in some ways, huh? What was the weird one that was about being in prison for forever? Uh, Freedom Wars. Freedom yeah. Wars. yeah! Oh, that was kind of neat. There were so many of these for a minute. It's like, there, oh, and they... you just, you, you mouthed off to an officer, you get 30 more years. Yeah. 
They also had the. They also like in Japan. You started seeing these referred to by the truly dreadful name hunting action. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Uh, this this reached a point where like. Uh, parts of Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker are clearly Monster Hunter derived. Yeah. To the point where you fight and uh, you fight some Monster Hunter monsters as well as a uh, a monsterized version of Metal Gear Rex from Metal Gear Solid named Gear Rex. So it's no longer metal. <laughs> yeah. Uh... The only other things I can think of are things like Katamari Damashi, which, you know... Yeah. Not not the nicest thing in the world. Like, certainly you can still buy it, but it's one of those things where it's like, I've never seen someone actually try to knock it off. Yeah. And they should, damn it. fun of it, yes, but actually do it, you're, you're quite right, yeah. Uh, but making fun of Katamari is a fool's errand, because Katamari's already making fun of himself. Right. Uh, yeah, like it, it's. Well, I mean, like nobody really tries to copy Disgaea, but it's also very similar and, to other strategy yeah. RPGs. Yeah, it's a relatively, aside from like geo panels and shit, and like the trappings, the actual meat and potatoes of the gameplay is fairly standard strategy RPG. Yeah. Hello. I can't carry anymore. Now the subsystems you could get into debates about, but yeah. I don't know. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, we've got two more questions. Let's polish the shit off. Uh, big list? Speaking... Huh? And then it's off to the big list? No, I'm looking at the big list. We've got two more questions on the big list. Although, Fireminer has implied that he has a question list that's even longer than this one, so... Oh, mother of God. Okay, speaking of Densha Dego, do you find it weird that trains appear on a lot of RPGs, even the ones with magic, but there's never been a train RPG? I think there have been, I just don't think we get them. Wait, what now? Uh, just do you find it weird that you, there are, that trains appear in a lot of RPGs, even the ones with magic, but there's never been a train RPG? And the answer is, I think they exist, I just don't think they come out in English. It's uh being being a train otaku is a very well, specific um, thing. I know of something. What's that? Uh, I I know of a gotcha game. Okay, that's cheating. What's cheating? What? <laughs> you pulling out gotcha games like gotcha games will use anything. Oh, okay. But yeah, yeah there's like a gotcha game that turned every single that is turning tr every single train in the world into anime girls. Yeah, because, you know, Why you can not? get the... I mean, it's like Azure you, Lane with ships. Yeah, you can get the horny otaku and the train otaku all at once. But, yeah, like... Oh, you know what they don't... Um, th There's never been anything quite like black and white, I would say. Like, yeah, it, it's Relatively speaking... Yeah, it's a real real-time strategy where you're a god and then you get a pet and I don't it's, know. It's, it's a god game meets an RTS. Yeah, okay. There's aspects of the there's aspects of similarity with Doshin the Giant, but that's convergent evolution. Those two clearly didn't influence each other in the slightest. Okay. Uh, 
just uh, I, uh, I will admit, every time I tried to slap my pet because he was trying <laughs> to eat a human, I'd end up rubbing its belly. <laughs> Good job on eating that human. Um, <laughs> it's like, stop it's, eating the human! Don't rub the belly, you're doing a right. good job. I'm like, no! So, in Black and White 2, my... Uh, pet was like super good, and my people were super evil, and I could never figure out what I did wrong. You must have done something very specific. Yeah. D I, think I, the giant. I think I kept like disciplining him, and then I kept giving people whatever they wanted. <laughs> so. They grew fat off the land, but uh. Yeah. Yeah, like J Dosh and the Giant uh, had a similar like morality system for your. Uh, like God Giant in this case, it was uh, like good. Do if you if you may if you had him act good and were being good, he would be Doshin the Giant. But if he was acting evil, he would turn into a different giant, Joshin the Giant. Which very strange. And then of course there's the uh, the I, I've mentioned the name before, and it like horrifies wheels every time. But uh, Doshin the Giant had like its weird companion expansion doesn't really play the same at all but like uses your save data from doshin giant uh doshin the giant like uh fucking tinkling toddler brigade assemble but <laughs> yeah uh let's see but yes but, uh I, I would say that i would fundamentally argue re regarding this denture to go question that there are Especially depending upon how broadly you're willing to define RPGs, there are train RPGs. You just like you don't see them come out outside of Japan because that's uh, the kind of train otaku they're designed to appeal to. It's not considered to exist outside of Japan. All right. On the other side of things, I feel like compared to movies, games rarely use subways as a setting. When was the last time a game or at least a level took place on the underground or Yamanote? Imagine all the crimes and terrorist attacks. Well, that's part of why you don't do that. But uh, subway levels do show up uh, on occasion. Well, is it, wasn't there a Dungeon Crawler JC server was recently playing? That uh, beats my Parajax. I haven't had much time to watch stream recently. Um, what was it? It's a, one second. Sorry, Wheels. I gotta go to bed. But yeah, uh, but yeah, especially want to bring up, and there would probably still be some sense to bring up. Uh, oh, undernots attacks on a train, huh? Undernots, labyrinth of the Yoni, Yomi. Oh yeah, undernots. But yeah, like. Uh, I mean. Games typically don't have, like, you know, movies will use real-world objects and settings a lot because it just makes sense to, they already exist. Uh, whereas, like, games typically don't have a lot of call to use a real-world setting. Plenty of games I've seen in real-world settings make plenty of use of trains or subways. Uh, you know, that's down to whether it makes sense. Final Fantasy fourteen has a subway station... Uh, city. That's a choice. Um, I always appreciated that in the 2018 Spider-Man game, the fast travel system was just having Spider-Man take the subway. <laughs> that's for Spider-Man, that's actually probably slower, but <laughs> for the you, the player, you don't have to think about things. 
That was the real tragedy of when they ported that game to PS5. It no longer had loading time, so you didn't get the loading screens where Spider-Man is just standing in the subway. Yeah. Um, well, Miles Morales got... Uh, what should I call it? A variable refresh rate. So when Yeah, I, yeah, they did batch that in, in case you have like one of the seven TVs that actually use that. Well, I, I do. So... When I I run it in performance ray tracing mode, it actually looks like it's 120 FPS. Fun times. Whereas the quality mode uh, is 40 FPS. And then Ratchet and Clank also has it, so I'm not sure why, like, Insomniac seems to be the only company that's able or willing. Because it is not built into the hardware level, it has to be built into the engine. Right, okay. And isn't Insomniac part of Sony? Yes. Yes, yes, they are. So they have direct access to be able to make it that way because. So yeah. will we ever get Sunset Overdrive 2? No. Nope. Microsoft still owns that IP, I think. Okay. Dang it. Well, we could, okay. but it would be by a different studio. Yeah. Yeah. Let me check who actually owns that IP, just to be sure. I could see Insomniac having attempted to negotiate it. Oh no, apparently they did actually uh, successfully negotiate the IP away from Microsoft before being bought out. Oh, okay. Well, uh, it's not impossible. I don't think that we'll ever see it because I think Sony would rather than they just kept pumping out uh, Marvel games at this stage. But... Alright, I want to watch Wheels try and beat Endario by himself. That's rude of you. <laughs> Yeah. Uh... But why does he walk? Hmm. You have to run. Just press the button. I do what I want. Uh... Uh... Oh, so, um, perfect question for you, Dave. What? what is the current status of Diablo 4? Uh, development hell, like everything in Blizzard? Yeah. That's what I thought. Like, last time I heard anything about it was a few years ago, and that was just after they rebooted it to not be a Dark Souls clone. Okay. Well, they, so. they actually released uh, quartering news on it, so... I would imagine. It's like, it seemed like it was basically just a, like, it's still happening. Oh, yeah, I think they showed, like, a brief bit of it at one point. No, no, they actually go, like, every quarter they do a big news release with, like, what they're doing with systems and monsters and everything-wise, so, um, I don't know Good when for the them. last Diablo's still boring. <laughs> it might be boring stuff, but it's the important boring stuff. Yeah, no, I'm just saying that the final yeah, product... Yeah, he's saying the game is boring. He's not saying the stuff <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm not saying that the what they're saying is boring, I'm saying the game is boring. <laughs> see but yeah like i'm sure that that's coming along like I, th- I remember they they announced they showed it a bit a few years ago uh right at the height of like nine million controversies it's like uh see see here's the thing that you like stop yelling at us oh did they cancel that crappy mobile no, game? i think they just announced it was coming, coming to pc and it's also coming to yeah PC. Uh, and also shut up you don't know if it's crappy or not because I didn't play it yet. Alright, fine. I love that when I search Diablo Normal, it takes me to 
a Google link that says Diablo, then the registered trademark symbol, then Immortal trademark symbol. Just, just want to make sure all our bases are covered here. You do have phones, don't you? <laughs> well, now you have a PC, so you can play it on that. Yep. See, complaining does get results sometimes. I mean, that was inevitably going to show up on PC anyway. I don't, I don't think... To them, like, a, like porting a free-to-play mobile game to the PC, it's just like, well, you might as well. Otherwise, you're leaving money on the table. Right. Uh, yep, it's Diablo. It's still there for some reason. I will never understand it. Um, He's taking a break. He is. Uh, any other questions someone wants to throw out while we wait? What are we waiting uh, on? Uh, we also, uh, Any uh, recent updates on Metroid Prime 4? Probably uh, not. Nope. Not. You'd okay. have heard about that. Right. Uh, I would imagine that we will probably start seeing that sometime in the next year. It's been about four years since it was rebooted, and there's no longer Metroid Dread for it to overshadow. Uh, yeah, I'd expect that's a fiscal year like 2023 to 2024 game. Which seems to stack up with uh... Breath of the Wild 2? No, I was going to say it seems to stack up with their earnings report that just came out, which uh, was, because... I think the everybody earning... had good earnings, right? Yeah, the, the point of the earnings report is more that it's uh, it requires them, they're disclosing to their shareholders, like this is what we expect will bring in earnings in the coming year, right? And how much we expect them to do. And yep. some of the some of the games that have been missing in action for large periods of time have, have shown up on that, like Bayonetta three uh, and Pikmin four, which supposedly was what finished like two years ago. Uh, I think you're thinking closer to four years ago, and I think the answer to that is probably that that game was deemed to probably not be likely to sell. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh, I I would have thought. See, Pikmin maybe, maybe Pikmin kind of fits into that question from before because Pikmin and yeah, like it's Overlord like a consoleized RTS construction. Right. Yeah. So I, I want another Overlord game, but I don't think that'll ever happen. Forget what became of the company that makes Overlord. Well, they made uh the third game was just plain awful. Even though um. Rihanna Pratchett was involved with uh, writing. The, the daughter of Terry Pratchett. Yeah, okay. Well, just because they're the daughter of someone famous who writes doesn't mean they're good at it. No, well, Rihanna Pratchett's pretty good. Pretty oh, good. okay, okay. Yeah. There, there are other people who fall into that category of... Oh, yeah, no, 100%. Job, yeah. But, and they yeah. suck. <laughs> yeah, no, Rihanna Pratchett's pretty good, but okay. this one... Well, she, um, I mean... I thought she was going to keep Discworld going, but that hasn't happened yet. I think it's healthier that she don't uh, that she that she makes her own things. But. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Overlord was published by Codemasters, who more uh, devoted themselves to making an endless procession of racing games. But oh, Rihanna Pratchett worked on Heavenly Sword, Overlord, she... Mirror's Edge, and Tomb Raider. Yeah, she was on the Tomb Raider Reaper. Yeah, okay, cool. 
And the original developer behind Overlord was apparently a company called Triumph Studios. Yeah, uh, they did some weird stuff, didn't they? Yeah, they were purchased by Paradox Interactive. Which... Oh, not not by the other guys, or does or is Paradox also owned by the other M Embracer? I, I believe Embracer Group purchased Paradox Interactive at some stage. <laughs> of course, they <laughs> so did. they own so they own Triumph Studios. Of course, presumably, yeah. <laughs> but not the Overlord IP. Okay. Oh well. Owns the Overlord, I think. Uh, that would be Codemasters. Right. Does anyone own Codemasters? I don't think so. Codemasters still probably running off of money they had when they used to make the AR, the replay. Did they make racing games? Yeah, um, they're they are. Like... Did they sell Dirt Four to somebody, or were they the original developers on Drive Club or something like Didn't that? They get purchased uh, by EA. No, I don't believe so. Hold on. Let me just give you a list of the last uh, seven years of Codemasters games. Dirt Rally, F1 2016, Micro Machines World Series, Dirt 4, F1 2017, Onrush, F1 2018. Uh, Dirt Rally 2.0, F1 2019, Grid, F1 2020, Dirt 5, F1 2021, Grid Legends, F1 22. Like, they're, they're just a racing game back. Okay, so did um, Codemasters buy Evolution Studios? I don't... I thought something like that happened. Actually, they may be a subsidiary of uh, EA. Are they? Yeah, because um, know, I'm noticing here all the, on all their games, they're the developers, but they're all published by Codemasters and Electronic Arts. Let me double check. Maybe that's what I was thinking. Somebody bought somebody. So some racing team got absorbed into another racing team or something, I thought. Yeah, let's see. Uh, but remember Drive Club? Remember how crappy that was? The fuck is a Drive Club? Exactly. What do you think it is? Take a guess. But, so, but yeah, Evolution was, um, Studios was Drive Club. Yeah. And, and then they either went under or got bought out or something God, like that. Is that a giant fucking spider? Oh, there are spiders. Spiders, spiders, spiders! Ah! Uh, okay. I didn't realize it because it was actually a relatively recent acquisition. EA bought uh, Codemasters last year. Okay. Ah. That's what happened. That's probably what I was thinking of. Yeah, which was a pretty... like That was a weird time for them to go about it. It might have been just them trying to eat the F1 license, really. But... Also, because... At the time, because of the pandemic. Just more people. More yeah. burn. But, what's the other thing I was going to say? Oh, that does oh, remind okay. me of something that is... Huh? Okay, hang on. Um, according to Wikipedia, Evolution Studios, on April 11th, 2016, the development team joined Codemasters. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so so some of them did work on Dirt 4, then. And Dirt 4 uh... was terrible. Dirt 4 yeah, was probably, but you're like three Dirt games behind at that point. Right. No, Dirt 4 was um, one of the few games that can do 120 FPS, but it wasn't even good, so... Which is Rip. funny, because according to one of its ads, because I pulled it up on Steam, it's like, 4 out of 5! Wow. Last one we got. 
Uh, it nine really out of is. 10, 4.5 out of 5. <laughs> never oh, the bride, man, never the bride. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, um, the factory gave it 4.5 out of 5. Who are these people? But yeah, in any case, uh, what else was I going to say? Since uh, I'll bring it up because it's interesting industry news. Uh, EA has apparently made clear that they are not going to continue spending money to get the FIFA license. Which, uh, kind of wild to think about. Because um, they've had the, the the license for a long time. Nineteen mid nineties, since the mid nineties. Uh, the reports are basically saying thirty years, which is about accurate. Yeah, getting there. Uh, but yeah, right, guys, like, I gotta, uh, I gotta get to bed. All right, yeah, we're just about to close off anyway. But. Yeah, so it's been fun. See ya. Good night to the listeners. Bye, bye everybody. Bye. But yeah, uh, historically this is interesting mostly because uh, the FIFA license is mind-bogglingly expensive because FIFA is uh, a, as a body, is generally uh, keen to be exorbitantly expensive in all ways and fashions. Uh, and it's also a money vacuum that is trying to uh, ensure that it will always be exorbitantly expensive and eventually it was just like, well, just make deals with football clubs and run those. <laughs> Smart. Let's see. But yeah, like, uh, purportedly they were, uh, the terms of the license were something like nearly a billion dollars per World Cup cycle. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's already a lot. But there's also, like, making that worse is that allegedly uh, FIFA has been trying to find an excuse to make it so that the World Cup happens every two years, which would likely effectively make that licensing cost double. Yikes. So, what, what's what the, is already... What's the current turnaround time on it? It's every four years. Uh, every four years. But yeah, they, they floated a plan to make the uh, World Cup biennial earlier this year, and then apparently someone got real pissed about that because they sort of pulled back on it, but they still probably kind of want to do it. So it's gonna they're gonna just try to find a way. Uh, FIFA's a horrible organization, so yeah. Because like most sports governing like bodies, like the NFL or whatever, they're all horrible organizations. But FIFA is that, but even larger and uh, imposing its will across countries in horrible ways. Uh, so, you know, not, uh, not huge on that idea, personally. <laughs> May they all burn. Uh, but yeah, I think we should probably call it done. Was that, are we done with the list? Yeah, the list is over. Hooray! It's took us like a year and a half, two years. Um, do you want him to eat it instead of posting it because it'd probably be like a massive, massive thing for the Discord? Do you want him to like send it to one of our emails? That's an option, yeah. Just, or, I don't know. Like, <laughs> whatever. 
Yeah, we have a lot of options. Uh, well, the, the, the reason I'm saying that is that way we can also like try and go through and come. You know, I think you went through and like combined a bunch of questions from the most recent list. Uh, for the most part, no. We just sort of went down the list as the time permitted. It's much. It's it's one of those things. Like even if we if we're re-answering a question, we'll come up with something stupider to say. <laughs> But yeah, Fire, just Firemeyer, um, you know, reach out to us on the Discord, and, and and David and I will figure out how to handle that, and uh, how to get it. To we'll make it work. Yeah, we'll we'll make it work for you because, you know, you're giving us ways of keeping this content rolling, and we appreciate it. Hmm. Uh, thanks once again to Firemeyer for the lovely question. Uh, before we go, though, we need to do some plugging away. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's shake things up. Tam, what you got to show? Uh, I am shilling our twitch.tv slash rpgamer, where you can catch uh, several different staff members. Uh, all... Um, not 24-7, but at least seven days a week streaming a wide variety of things. Uh, we try and do a couple of our casts live on there, uh, specifically RPG casts on Saturdays, and usually at least post fields. Um, JC Servant with his RPG Gamer experience um, at least five days a week. Uh, we've got Sab Sabin, uh, one of our site owners, who's been doing Final Fantasy VI. Uh, I stream uh, two to three times a week, uh, sometimes in the morning, sometimes at night. You never know. So a lot of different content. Uh, Scar, we have an SNES wheel two days a week. Uh, and Hairfrog and Scar both do um, a Sunday a Sunday stream. And Hairfrog also does a Tuesday, Thursday, almost back-to-back -back with me. So, I mean, we're, we've got a lot of content there all the time. Um, and sometimes you'll never know uh, what games we're going to be playing because... Some days it's just like, I don't feel like playing this game I've been playing the last three games. Let me play something else. So, um, it, there's a lot going on. What about you, David? What 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 are you working on these days? <sighs> Still got essays and stages of writing, but given that I don't have time to, that I haven't had much time to play games, I haven't had much time, I've had even less time to write about them, so. Still in stages of, ju stages of gestation. Uh, but eventually those will go up on patreon.com slash gameculturestudy. Uh, before we forget, I would like to also bring up that uh, you can still purchase Gaijin's books. Uh, They're still available on Amazon. If you uh, Princesses of the Pizza Parlor, they are available as paperbacks or as uh, via Kindle or Kindle Unlimited. Uh, if you just want a fun, breezy series about... Uh, that allows you to vicariously enjoy uh, people making some very poor tabletop decisions. That's your, uh, there's your option. It's a good one. Uh, you can find it by searching for author Michael Yarimizu, Y-A-R-I-M-I-Z-U. Uh, Wales, what you got? I uh, stream on the RPG Gamer channel Sunday nights, where we stream some RPG and talk about random nonsense. Often, often a preview for what you'll get on this podcast, but yeah. also often just complete unrelated nonsense. So. I think that time we talked about baseball for a long time. 
Yeah, Kill, killing. There were no survivors. Um, you can also catch me on my own Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash askwheels, where I stream stuff like uh, Apex Legends. I'm going to do some League of Legends Wild Rift in the future. Now that I've seen. I'm assuming I get some sort of mirror software on my iPhone that doesn't uh, run out after minutes, like the one I tried out today, uh, and some other stuff Yeah, like he that. confused me last night. I saw, him, I saw him on, and I was thinking it was Wednesday night, because no, he was on his channel. Uh, new Apex seasons, season day. Played a lot of that, and I'll probably be doing more than that, because it's been a fun season so far. Even though uh, climbing up the ranked ladder is now going to be much harder. I also stream stuff like Fortnite and various other nonsense. You'll probably see me streaming Destroy All Humans at some point in the future. Mm -hmm. Too many humans, not enough destruction. That's true. Uh, yeah. Um, maybe I'll actually go back to Resident Evil 7 at some point. Yes, you owe it to the you owe it to your dear fan. I do. But yeah. And as for the podcast in general, if you'd like to ask us questions, you can ask them under the comments to this very episode, if that's your jam. Uh, but you can also ask them in the RP Gamer Discord, which you can find by going to the community tab of RP Gamer and uh, clicking on the community tab. Click on the community tab, it'll get you an invite to Discord. It's a lovely community whether you want to ask us questions or not, though, so I recommend joining. Uh, let's see. You can also uh, re reply to the news post on the Twitter feed for when it goes live. Horrifying, but possible. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, no so, one yeah. Ever does. No one ever responds to the Twitter. Yeah, that's rough. Which is funny because I I will say, like when I when I accidentally post the you know that we're going live with a game you know one of our streamers on on Twitch, I get retweets from my personal account. No one retweets the RP Gamer account. I don't know why. Weird. Weird. But, yeah. Um, so now I'm doing it on both at the same time. Living the dream. But. Uh, <laughs> Uh, sorry, head dying. Um, but yeah, uh, you can ask us questions there uh, in the podcast section of the Discord, or if you want, uh, you can join us for the stream. It's usually on some combination of Ask Wheels and RP Gamer on Twitch uh, every Wednesday, starting at around 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern. Uh, but you know. That's, that's if you want to scream at us in real time. Sometimes people do it. It's terrifying. Uh, but otherwise, see you, Space Cowboys. See you. Hopefully you don't have to edit that out. Not here. <laughs> Editing.